0: Hello, you are listening to the Bethel Atlanta Sermon of the
1: Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com. Well, good morning.
0: Hello, everyone. Hi, guys. Hello.
1: We are so excited to be with you this morning. It's going to be just a fun time. Yes, uh, we got our coffee. We do, and our tea, mm-hmm. and um, you can do the same wherever you are at. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about uh, relationships and um, connection this morning, and it just feels like a, just an honor to, to be here with you guys again. That's what's going on at the at our Bethel campus. Here is. Just all of our community um, that are outside right now and you that are at home, um, the community here is getting just to to share and connect and be together in kind of a little bit of a fall festival. And so it's a great time. But uh, we still know the season we're in and we wanted to give just opportunity to connect with you guys in a different format. So let's just turn our affections to Jesus for another moment just to uh, experience what he has for us. So Father, we're just so thankful that you're present with us today. And as we share, we just thank you that there is gonna be uh, uh, just grace released for deeper levels of intimacy, deeper levels of connection, deeper levels of just your goodness, first in our relationship with you and then also in our relationship with others. So we just are so excited about what you're gonna do this morning. In Jesus' name. Yeah. Amen. 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 So we're going to dive right in. And um, kind of our primary text for this morning is going to be out of Ephesians. And we'll be jumping around there. But uh, so in Ephesians 4, uh, you know, there's been something really on my heart in any relationship uh, one of the, the key components to that relationship is humility. And we know, uh, I believe it was Chris Valton that said it in, in March. He said, humility is the only way forward. Mm-hmm. And we know it's a foundation when it comes to relationship one to another. And so we're going to start uh, in Ephesians 4, and we're going to end just kind of uh, at Ephesians uh, uh Four verse 12, so we'll start at the beginning. I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bonds of peace. There is therefore one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. And then he goes on to say, he gives grace and gifts to men. And then he goes down, let's go down to verse 12. Pardon me, verse 11. He says, and he gave the apostles the prophets the evangelists and the pastors and the teachers to equip the saints to do the work of ministry for the building up of christ until we all obtain the unity of faith and the knowledge of the son of god and kind of what i want to start with is we are going to talk about relationships in all contexts relationship with marriage and with family and uh, with each other as friendships. But I thought this would be a great place to start. And the reason I think it's a great place to start because each of these five gifts, these gifts that are all given to the church, the apostle, the prophet, the pastor, the teacher, and the evangelist, they are all so different. And what's so fascinating to me is When we think that our unity and our love and our connection is based on agreement, we've missed something. We've missed a a major key. Honor, me honoring one another is not based on our agreement, and we see this here in this passage. Um, as you look at the fivefold scene, that they're such different, distinct people. And a lot of times there's really been, you know, these thoughts around the, we'll use the pastor and evangelist for an example. The way they interact is, is a lot of times uh, there's tension between them because the pastor is, is all about serving the sheep, is all about coming alongside people. And the evangelist is all about going out. And a lot of times if you get two people in a room like that, you're not getting a fuzzy, simple, easy conversation. You're getting something that is so much more complicated. And when we think our goal is agreement, whether it's relationship and marriage, whether it's uh, in church, if, whether it's in our nation, to, um, through political parties, if we think everything is based on agreement, we're gonna be missing a lot we're going to be missing a lot because the only time connection is actually tested is when we disagree.
0: Yes, that's good, babe. And I think, um, one beautiful thing to acknowledge when we're talking about, um, moving forward in humility is realizing that all of humanity has needs and we, we, give the place that we give from when we're looking to honor and love um, is huge because uh, acknowledging our own personal needs is going to purify the place that we're giving from. Because if we don't acknowledge uh, that that place of humility, I have needs, then we'll start creating a life where we're giving to get. Mm. And everything in the gospel begins with receiving, so and good. there is no giving until we receive, and Jesus is our highest standard of what honor looks like. Mm. If we wanna know what honor looks like, we have to look at Jesus, and he came to set a precedence that uh, to truly honor, we first have to receive honor, and the place we receive honor is in the gospel. Yeah, so And good. it doesn't, our honor doesn't start with, uh, our gifts, our talents, our callings, how much money we have, where we're at in society, that the Bible says we honor all people mm. because that's the starting place with Jesus. He came so that the whole world would would understand that he was giving his life as a ransom for all. Yeah. So, so we have received, our starting point in, in the kingdom is receiving the highest honor. From the person of Jesus, the Godhead, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, um, that that is the highest standard of honor in all of life. Mm. And so, when we give from that place of what we've received in Jesus, uh, we give we give from a pure source because so He alone is our pure source. And uh, you know, we just don't want to find ourselves. Building a life on sinking sand mm. where we're we're building a life to try to get our needs met. And you know, that fountain of living water that Jesus promised, He had water that would cause us to never thirst again. And so we're we're on a journey of constantly finding ourselves abiding in that pure spring of Jesus.
1: So good, babe. You know, when Jesus came on the scene, remember Rome was just in, it was just oppressors. They were oppressing the Jewish people and When, when they saw, when they saw that the Messiah had come, the Jewish people thought, yay, they're going to overthrow this governmental system, this system that is bringing chaos, that is bringing oppression. And, and this is what he's going to do. He's going to come as a warrior king and take over. And we know that this Jesus showed up at such a different way. And I love the Sermon on the Mount because he showed up giving everybody the the beginning of of where all relationships start out of is our connection to the Father. And and one of the ways that we know we're connected to the Father is, is how are our attitudes? What is the attitude that you have and, and that's why he goes through the Sermon on the Mount and he sets forth a new standard, a greater standard. Well, you know, if you com- commit adultery, that's one thing. Well, no, if you have lust in your heart. If you, you know, murder, no, if you have anger in your heart. And he starts out with these attitudes when people thought he was gonna come and overthrow the government that was there. And what he did, he came with a different attitude. And we love this first attitude. And blessed um, are the poor in spirit. And this is the, the foundation. This is humility right here. It's where everything starts from in our relationships is utterly being dependent on God. Utterly dependent on Him. And making sure that that's where our uh, our source for joy, for hope, for peace, for security is coming from this place of an attitude of being utterly dependent on Him. And I even think of, you know, my relationship with Jen and... and and we've been married now uh, almost uh, 19 years. It'll be 19 years next June, and um, and looking back on my relationship and seeing, uh, there's some of these new experiences that we've been having where I've been realized in in a lot of places in my life, I've become enmeshed and entangled in her. Rather than having a a secure place in who I am, I would become enmeshed with her. So in my mind, I would be checking in, what would Jen think about this? What would, and a lot of times doing that um, with, others um, creates this enmeshed experience, enmeshed experience. And I was thinking about, um, you know, when you're looking to relationships to make you happy, when you're looking to your spouse to make you happy, your kids to make you happy, your job, your friends to make you happy, you've missed the point of relationship. Happiness is an inside job. It comes from the inside out. I don't show up to our marriage trying to figure out how Jen can make me happy. I have to show up to this marriage, like Paul said in Ephesians uh, 5, where he's talking about the church and, 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 um, pardon me, husbands and wives. And he goes into the analogy of the church and he said, loves looks like laying down your life. Well, laying down my life doesn't look like I lose who I am. It looks like I come with a servant's heart towards Jen a place of serving her. And that means I have to have a place of who I am. I have to know my needs. I have to know my thoughts. I have to know who I am in Christ, my personal personality. And when I do that, I get to show up with a lot more love rather than um, this place of what we've joked around with marriages is, is husbands say, well, my job is just to make my wife happy. It's impossible to make your wife happy. It's impossible to make your friends happy. Happiness comes from in His presence His fullness of joy. At His right hand, our pleasures are not evermore. And that's what locks us in to being connected with one another.
0: Yeah, that's really good. And, and I think it's just helpful when um, we just realize joy is a person. Joy yeah. is, uh, you know, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit is the kingdom. And so, you know, the, the pursuit of the world all around us is a happiness, uh, that, that will be achieved at all costs. Mm -hmm. So I, I heard this quote once that, um, uh, toddlers and addicts are the ones that value happiness Mm -hmm. at the cost of our whole life. And mm. you know, the, the pursuit of happiness in what it looks like in the world is wildly different than what it looks like in the kingdom. That's yeah, good. And we're all familiar with just wanting to numb pain to get to happiness. And that, that's not the way of Jesus, because um, you know, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross and he chose to embrace suffering and joy mm. at the same time. He let it be present in the same cup. So to live fully alive, we're going to have a broad spectrum <laughs> of emotions, of yeah. uh, and we see Jesus living so fully alive. and in allowing himself to feel angry and turn over tables and yeah. weep for his friend, Lazarus, even knowing he was about to raise him from the dead. And you know, Hebrews says he was anointed with the oil of joy over all the brethren. So he mm. had more joy than anybody that had ever walked the planet. And he, he knew where he began and where he ended, and where the people around him began so and good. ended. So he had um, an assurance of what who who am I in charge of? And you know, Danny Silk has given us great language. In yes. on a good day, I control me, <laughs> and you know that that means I'm in charge of knowing when is my attitude becoming enmeshed in somebody else's attitude. Yeah. you know if. If my husband is having a bad day, do I have a bad day? Mm. <laughs> you know, and do I need my husband to be having a good day to have a good day, or do I lose myself in the emotions of others? And Jesus modeled this so well. And um, you know, we've been learning a lot about this word self differentiation, where mm. He was able to remain true to Himself no matter what was going on in 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 the humanity He had come to love and give himself to serve and you know, to truly lay down our lives like he did. We have to have a life to lay down so good and, and not lose it in our circumstances, lose it in, in, you know, our relationships and that, that is a huge daily feat.
1: Yeah. It's so good. It's so good. You know, in growing in this self-differentiation, I remember I was reading the the love chapter in in Corinthians 13, and it just starts out with love is patient. And a lot of times when I was looking at patience, I'm like, okay, how can I be more patient towards Jen? How can I be more patient towards my kids, towards friendships? How can I be more patient? And just kind of like trying to squeeze, how can I do this? And I remember the, the Holy Spirit just, uh, just hearing him say to me, hey, Justin, can you be patient with yourself like I am patient with you? And it really just kinda allowed my shoulders to lay back and just relax and realize I have to first uh, receive patience from the Father and know that I can have patience with myself And it allows me to show up to these relationships that I so deeply want to lay down my life for and be patient because I first have it on the inside to actually give rather than this, this looking at the love chapter and the fruit of the spirit and these different experiences and thinking, well, how can I be more self-controlled? How can I force uh, this into my life? How can I be more disciplined in it? And it does not come from discipline first. It comes from receiving first. It comes from receiving from the Father the way He looks, the way He loves us. We get to love ourselves. So we're able to do the great commandment, which is love others. So just stop and ask yourself during the day, Father, how am I being patient with myself? Like you're being patient with me. How am I being kind towards myself? Like you're being kind towards me. And then you will have uh, something more to give, those deep, intimate attachments, those relationships that you're looking to lay down yourself and serve them. You'll actually have that fruit to actually give those relationships.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know, Jesus, he came to show us the Father. Yeah. and he had so postured his life his heart in oneness while on the earth with the father that he was able to live on the earth but not be one with the earth mm. and you know that that mandate he handed it to us that uh, we are in the world but we're not of the world and one of my favorite examples of um Jesus modeling this is with his dearest friends. You know, these these are the friends that uh, you know. They were doing life together. They they knew which sandals were Jesus in the sandals pile. They knew what his morning voice sounded like. <laughs> uh, you know, they knew when um, what what the looks on his face meant <laughs> before he spoke words. So they they were in deep daily relationship together. And yet Jesus was able um, to to remain true to his own identity yeah. in the presence of deep, intimate connection. And, you know, the story where Jesus says, hey, we're gonna go to the other side. And, mm-hmm. you know, a huge storm arises and it's chaotic and they, they're totally stressed out and, they go to wake Jesus up in the cabin of the ship yeah. and are at such a low point that they are convinced the savior of the world is, is not caring that they're about to die, <laughs> but that's a low point in our lives when we start to feel like Jesus doesn't care yeah. and, uh, you know, Jesus was sleeping while they had become one with the storm. And so, you know, what we're checking in on is am I becoming more like the world around me or am I becoming more like the nature of Jesus? And, you know, the decibel that they were speaking at in the chaos and the stress and the fear was the same decibel the storm was chaotically brewing around them and they had faded in to their circumstance wow. they had become one with the storm and jesus was at rest and one with the father he was at he was one with another realm he was one with heaven wow. and so our objective is is not to be absent from reality on the earth yeah our objective is to be on the earth but to be present with heaven, to be one with the Father, one with the Son, one with the Holy Spirit. And that—that that is an internal work. It's an inside job because of all the places God could have put heaven, the kingdom. Yeah. He put it on the inside of us. The Bible says the kingdom is within you, so this is eternal in- internal work because that's that's where God lives on the inside of us, and so it it is absolutely cultivatable that this is this is the access Jesus gave us was to cultivate as much heaven as we want to cultivate on the inside of us that hmm. we are free we have been set free to be as aware of the nearness of the Father as we want to be aware. Mm.
1: So good, Jen. So good. Oh, You know, when I was uh, just thinking about even this week with, a, with, a, with election week, and, you know, I was again just reminded of Jesus and just thinking about him during uh, the Sermon on the Mount when he just says, love your enemy. And he says this, you have heard that it is said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For He makes the sun rise on the evil and the good, and He sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your, your, um, and if you greet only your brother, what more are you um, doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same. Therefore, um, you must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. I love how Jesus just takes these bars and he makes them impossible. But the nature of the way we love one another and interact with one another is supposed to be supernatural because of these attitudes that we've cultivated, because of our relationships with the Holy Spirit. And we will know that we will fail in this. And this is why we still have an advocate. We still, we, we receive the gospel every day when we begin to lose it towards one another, we lose it towards a, um, one of the parties, the Republican Party or the Democratic Party, or, or we begin to speak venom out of our mouth and death out of um, the way other people vote or other people think. And this is not our call. I love this. It's, I love it when Paul says, who has bewitched you? And that there's th- this level that we are called to is supernatural, guys. This level we are called to love one another and interact with one another is so key. This is why love is not based on agreement. That we have to end our love affair with the bad guy as a nation. And we have to choose to to call out truth, to to, to speak that there, there is truth, there is things that are okay and aren't okay. But in that, our attitudes are supposed to be that of humility, that of love towards others. And this is how the world will know that we are believers. By the way, we love and interact with one another and by the way we love even people that we may think are our enemies. And so I just wanna encourage us, this is a a supernatural reality that we're calling. This relationship, uh, this being connected one to another is so important that even in the midst of disagreement, one of the most, you know, fun conversations, hard conversations for a couple to have is around money and sex and around uh, raising kids, because we don't always agree. But how do we show up with our attitudes pointed towards one another with humility, with connection, with not becoming a mesh, but knowing who we are from the inside out? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what I don't know what time it is, so I I think we've gone close to the end. So, um, where's the phone, Pumpkin? Okay, we have a we had a timer going. So, guys, we're just so excited to connect. Twenty-five to connect with you guys in this, uh, in this manner. And we hope that we were able just to bring some encouragement to your hearts in challenging you, um, just in going to a deeper place yeah. of connection and love towards one another. Um, I was just thinking as I was sitting here, I was feeling uh, there's somebody who's watching right now and you have felt so disconnected from your spouse. Mm-hmm. You have lived you' felt like you were literally in the depths of despair, like you couldn't get out. And, and I felt like um, the Holy Spirit was going to show up to you and you were going to begin to get unemeshed. You were going to become separate. I love that word differentiation because it means you are distinct and separate yet one. It's the way that uh, the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit are one. They're per- in perfect harmony and unity together, but they're distinct. And you have been walking with your um, through your relationship, through your marriage, like it was based on agreement. Like you had to agree and anytime time you didn't agree, I feel like you actually feel like a failure. You feel like um, I, I'm just terrible at this. You feel lonely and you feel neglected. And I saw the Holy Spirit show up to you right now and release courage to you and be able to give you a, a differentiated self so that you can show up in your relationships, no matter in your relationship with your spouse, no matter what he does. We love that vulnerability and boundaries are actually, in trust are what build the foundation of intimacy. And I saw you being able to show up with intimacy, with vulnerability, because you had boundaries, because you had a clear yes and no in your life, and that allowed you to show up um, to your spouse without them doing a thing, without them even changing a thing, um, you showed up in a different way. And so I just release peace over you that, that verse in Ephesians, it says, the bond of peace. And I saw your your, your body feeling, your your, your mind, um, your soul was felt out of alignment. And I saw peace just align you, and you felt some security, first in the Father, and some happiness in Him, and it allowed you to interact in a different way. Mm. So we just bless you right now. Yeah, yeah. We just bless you, we bless you, we bless you.
0: Yeah, that's so good. and. I just love that, um, you know, one of the primary ways uh, we manifest humility in our life is through boundaries, Yeah. because uh, boundaries acknowledge that I am a human with limits. Wow, and so good. I, I have to create a life where I see and understand that my emotional capacity has limits, my, my body has has limits, my time has limits, and that I get to live within those limits with one Lord. You yeah. know. So the fact that we are believers and we've said yes to the Lordship of Jesus means that we have agreed to a life of boundaries mm. because we have elevated in our life wow. one opinion above all else. And so we will align our values our thoughts, our integrity, uh, with this one opinion. We've said Jesus' opinion is gonna have the yes and the no in my life, even above my own opinion.
1: So good, even, you
0: know. And so, um, you know, when we're just even talking about humility moving us forward, we're acknowledging that that has very practical implications in the way that we do life and the way that we do relationships to look like Jesus. And Jesus walked the earth with yeses and noes, And that's why he said, it's better that I go away.
1: So good. Because
0: right now he, he was living in a human body with, with limitations that he chose to put on, to model for us what it looks like to be a person on the earth, rightly connected to the Father. Perfectly connected to the Holy Spirit. And it was better for him to go so that we could have the same access to the Father and the Holy Spirit that he had on the earth. Mm-hmm. So the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are our only sources of 100% access to love. Yeah, it's so 100% good, access to intimate perfect attachment and when we're trying to create a life that gives that to the world around us um, it is arrogant because we are not god (laughs) (laughs) and we do not have the capacity to be for humanity what only god can be for humanity so setting up a life where we're experiencing that for ourselves first uh, postures our heart to give it away to the world around us in a really healthy way. Wow, so
1: good. And one other just, uh, as I was sitting here, I, I felt like um, there's probably a few of you that are just having a, such a hard time with your kids. Mm-hmm. And you've been trying uh, with all of your might to uh, give them choices, and um, but you've been scared to set boundaries. And it feels like they're just running your life. And one of the most loving things you can do with your kids is set clear yeses and no's. And I love this in, um, you know, in the Word, it says, A refusal to correct is a refusal to love. Love your children by disciplining them. And I love this, this allows us to set up clear disciplines. And I love uh, what Pastor Bill talks about when he talks about disciplining our children. That um, the greatest place we're disciplining them is in their attitude. It's not their actions first. It's actually in their attitudes. And so I want to encourage you to, to become brave. You and your spouse have a conversation and just sit and be like, we we got to up the discipline in our house because it feels like the, the, the kids are controlling this environment and we feel out of control. And I saw peace just coming over you as you chose to love your kids through healthy ways of discipline. So again, I just release peace over you. Mm-hmm. Peace over you. And you can do this. You're an amazing mom. You're an amazing dad. You can do this. And the Holy Spirit is with you.
0: That's good. Yeah. yeah.
1: Would you just wanna end in prayer, honey?
0: Yeah, so we just bless uh, mm-hmm. everyone listening yeah. this morning or listening later at a different time. And we just thank you, Jesus, for the deep work you're doing in each heart that you you are always doing more and bigger and deeper and wider work than we could ever see or perceive on our own. Wow! And so I just pray that there would just be a hope released um, just to, to live so aware that we are being kept by a God who is wildly bigger than, than any feelings we feel, hmm, than yeah. any circumstance we, we navigate, that He's bigger than anything happening mm-hmm. on the earth. And so we just choose this morning, Jesus, to yield to You, to trust in You, to lift up our heads like that gate and, and watch our King of glory come in Wow! in this season of our lives, in this place in our lives, in this hour of history, and we just anticipate Your glory, Jesus.
1: Mm. Amen. Amen. We love you so much, Bethel Atlanta. We're so proud of you. Remember, humility is the only way forward, and you can do it because you are connected with this King. We love you guys so much. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To stay connected with Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com.